We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners only 10% discount to Rotoviz by using the code RVRADIO2022. That's RVRADIO2022. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the Rotoviz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's the latest edition of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. Welcome in, welcome in to the latest episode of the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown. I am your host, Eric Balkman. You know me from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, the Better Sports Network High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, as well as the FFPC. Uh, if uh, you missed the show earlier, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network, we had FFPC co-founder Alex Kaganowski on as well as Liam Murphy, who you might know from FantasyPoints.com and his YouTube channel as well. Follow him on Twitter at ChessLiam. That was great stuff. Uh, get the Better Sports Network app for free in the App Store or Google Play uh, so you can watch that uh, back uh, in case you missed it. A lot of good stuff on there, not only for 2022 best ball, but for 2023 best ball as well as we all get prepped for the 2023 FFPC season. I do want to remind everybody, if you have not yet uh, joined the FFPC Weekly Challenge for Week 18, make sure you're doing that. There's no draft. There's no salary cap. Just choose 10 players if you want to play without kickers and defenses, or you can play with kickers and defenses and formulate a 10-player lineup. Just do it by Sunday's kickoff, and you can watch them ride through the weekend's games. Remember, only one player per NFL team on that. You can enter for $35 or $200 in a 100-team contest, a 30-team contest, or a 10-team contest. And remember, if you beat out those other nine players in your 10-team contest, you will win a free entry in the 2023 FFPC main event where you can play for a $1 million grand prize. Uh, it is, uh, it's all happening, and that is the way 
to enter the 2023 FFPC main event for free. Want to bring in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen, a former guest of the HSFF Hour. He was the seventh place team heading into championship week here in week 17 in the FFPC main event. He is the incomparable Matt Berman. Matt, welcome onto the show, man. Thanks for joining us. Doing? doing good. Doing How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So I, I think that, um, and, and by the way, well, in this episode, we'll we'll talk about what Matt got right in his March to Fantasy Glory this year and a look ahead uh, to 2023. I don't know if I'd call it Glory. <laughs> well, I mean, like, but you got to consider, like, the, the position you put your yeah. your teams in, some of your teams in, in week 17 was better than, what, 95% of, yeah. of everybody else in the FFPC main event? Right right around there, right? Which, which also makes it more disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That that will happen. Um, but it's better to be uh, – it's better to have loved and lost than never it's, to love. Just to be in the mix is fun. Just to be in the mix. Exactly yeah. right, uh, which which was great. So let's get into this uh, tonight, Matt. And 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 I think, um, <coughs> excuse me, I want to to kick things off with something you already alluded to. You're not going to win the million bucks this year in the Definitely FFPC not. main event. But what was the ride like um, from birth to to death here for you this year? So, so when you started I mean, drafting these teams, I think what I've probably been doing FFPC now for like five or six years. Friend got me into it. I think I did one team in the beginning and 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 have grown that up a little bit. Um it's so it you know, I love fantasy football. FFPC is a, a fun outlet for me. I would say the drafts I'm into, and then the teams are kind of there. Um, I don't, you know, my, my home league, um, you know, the the competition, knowing my, you know, going against your friends, that's sort of where my energy and excitement goes while I'm watching on a Sunday. And then, you know, FFAC sort of in the background, almost like, you know, owning a stock. And then around, you know, week eight, nine, 10, if I feel, you know, the one, you can win your, your the start, you know, the first part of it and have a team that's actually good enough to maybe do some, some real damage, you kind of lock in a little, a little more. So that's, uh, um, I'd say around like week eight, I was looking at a couple of my teams and, and not only were they, uh, you know, leading, they're independent leagues, and, and I saw where I are the standings, but they were deeper and more balanced than uh, than I've had in the past, and thought that they really had a chance to uh, to you know to be in the mix. Is that true of 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 how you normally play fantasy football every year? Where yeah, I mean, I'm as average Joe. I mean, I, I know you have a lot of guests on that are uh, you know pros and really good at it and consistent. I, I it's a hobby. I, I certainly think I'm competitive at it, but it's. Uh, um, it's, but it's a supplement for you, right? In terms of? Like, when you're paying attention for the first mm -hmm. two months of the season, you're focused on your home leagues. Your, yeah, your leagues no your question. It's, it's gravy if these teams are good. Right, okay, got it, okay. And and as you realized here in... I'd still probably rather win my $200 uh, buying right. <laughs> I get it, I get it. Especially and, if I'm up against one of my brothers or something. <laughs> so, so when did it like? Obviously, it became real for you, and you're understanding like, oh my god, I'm, I'm winning. Yeah, my so league. honestly, the first time because I think uh, when I was last on the show, I was like first or second. It was like week four, and the team yeah. went out pretty quick. Um, going into the around like week 12, 13, the, the the one team I had that that was seventh. I had two teams that were good. And the other one was starting to thin out. It was getting, you know, injured. 
but it was top heavy and I thought maybe it could make some noise. The other teams really where I locked in and I was like, this is a really good team with guys playing well at the right time. Um, and I was like, this team has a chance uh, to uh, to be in the mix. I, I certainly have never been this far, so I'm not looking at other rosters. And then when you start to dig in, you see how good some of the other teams are and how difficult it is. But, um, you know, just looking at the roster and the depth and the amount of different options outside of tight end, I was like, it's a really good team. I think – and so when you were going into I, – I think um, week 17, you had the team in seventh place in the main event. Did you do anything differently in watching the so, week 17 games? So actually starting week six, week 16 is what? Their week 15 is the first week of the playoffs. Right. Yep. And I'd start, definitely had started to lock in there. I think I was like 38, 40th going into the playoffs. But I could tell the team was good. And I was like, you know, this is going to be fun. Um, but it was stressful. And, and it's obviously a lot of Monday minute quarterback. And there's no way to. So that week I had. Zay Jones in as my uh, as my flex. Um, all week I had him in there. I wanted to be bold. I wanted to be different. And then I'm, so, I'm sure every fantasy player does. You start looking at projections and rankings, and I'm like, I'm just being crazy, you know, going with him over Kamara. Um, so I think Sunday, right, you know, 12-15, 12-30, I make the switch to Kamara, and it was a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 20, 25 points. But my the rest of my team played so well that I look at the standings on Tuesday morning and I'm seventh and I'm like angry at myself. And I couldn't even enjoy being seventh because the mistake was so obvious and so against which my of my personality, which is to go with my gut and not really worry about the ranking systems. And uh, and I felt like just being in the mix made me conservative. So I was disappointed. Never really got to enjoy it, but stayed competitive um, the second week. And then the third week got off to just an okay start. I could tell right away that it wasn't going to be good enough to uh, to to win it, but thought maybe it still had Jefferson and Allen to go, um, you know, that I could get up in that maybe third even. But then Jefferson had the, the awful game, and there was done. And then obviously the Monday night tragedy you know uh, was uh, uh took your mind away from it but right. then, uh, you know it, it, the end uh, it, it didn't end as exciting as uh, as i hoped it would but i mean obviously still fun and, fun. and oh it's, i mean yeah. when yeah. you're in the mix and the prizes are that that substantial it's hard for it not to be fun um but the second guessing and the kicking yourself is it's, way it's more maddening. Than, maddening, uh, yeah. You know, when you lose to your butt, and also, you know, just the way the FFPC rosters are. I mean, the decisions you're making are much more complex, and you have these guys that you know might not have been factors that get hot at the right time. You know, where another league they might be on waivers still, or so it's just um, it, it, it's fun as you look and you're trying to be different but not too crazy. So uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it with uh, with both teams that were in it. I, I want to, for this next question, I want to want you to take in everything that you've done, both in your home leagues, your family leagues, friends yeah. leagues, office leagues, as well as your high stakes leagues uh, with the FFPC. When you look at all the players that you drafted um, during player evaluation season, mm-hmm. when you're trying to figure out, you know, who's the best players or who are the best players to get on my team, who's a player that you're really proud of this year, getting on a bunch of your teams that you correctly nailed during drafting season, like, this is a guy I gotta have. More actually in the FFPC, I thought he was going lower, but um, 
then I could do, you know, one of my home leagues, the keeper league, and it's just the rookies tend to go pretty high. But, but I, you know, the, the Walker dip that was happening, you know, kind of latter part of summer, he was starting to move in the 10th, 11th round. Um, I always thought was crazy. And, and to the point where I was like second guessing myself that I was drafting him too much, but um, he just became such a value. I thought he was so good. And Penny, you know, it's, it's with running backs, it's hard, but, but Penny is, proven injury prone and the upside I thought on Walker all it needed was an injury I thought the talent was so obvious that if there was an injury it was a plug and play impact guy so um he was uh you know in one of my dynasty leagues I had the second pick and I took him second over Drake and Alaba and all those guys and it was at that time I think a little more uh, of a debate than than I think now what about um you mentioned the Kamara Jones thing uh just now was that the biggest mistake you you made, whether it be drafting or managing yeah. your team this year? Yeah, I mean, during the season, obviously, especially, you know, before you're fully locked in, you know which teams, there's little mistakes you make. But I, I do think, you know, a, a ma- mistake in week seven, everyone's making them. It's so hard to figure out. I, I think as the window of the season narrows, um, the mistakes are more painful because they're a little more obvious and, I think you saw with Dallas, their their Lawrence was trending up. Their secondary was playing bad. Like there was enough there that even though the rankings, you know, weren't weren't all in on Jones, the upside in Kamara was just too low, even against the Falcons, to uh, to make that change. Um, I know we're trying to look back on 2022, but with with any time we look back on 2022, I think that the our impetus is is to look towards 2023. I know that you had, and I don't know if you bought him off waivers or if you drafted him, but I know you had a lot of Kyron Williams this year on a lot of your FFPC. Yeah, it was, that was a value thing. I remember week one, there was the report that he was supposed to play. He got hurt. I could see what was going on with, with the Rams situation. Um, and it, he, he was essentially free, you know, for like 15, 16 bucks on waiver. You didn't right. grab him across the board. So it seemed like an upside play. And then as I started to dig in a little more, um, just soured on the player. So um, I even started cutting him in a couple leagues. But, uh, you know, just when you saw the Ram situation, just, just how limited he is size-wise, it just the, I didn't see any, you know, the, the excitement was more just on the value than, than the player. So it, it, knowing that and knowing that, you know, Cam Akers was a, was a guy a lot of people, you know, basically just left for fantasy death, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, wait, who, because you didn't, didn't think he was going to play. In any leagues, I um, had him in the playoffs or watched some playoffs down the stretch last year. Thought he looked good then until the Super Bowl. And I think the last two games of the playoff, then it's the championship game too. And this year I just thought he was going too high. Um, and then watched week one and two, and he just didn't look even close to the same guy. Uh, but I don't think it's fluky. What he, I think he's, he's legitimately whatever – whether it's health, but it does, you know, whatever's happened in the last six weeks, I do think, because um, I liked him originally coming out, that I, I do think he's uh, he's somebody to really watch. And they don't have a lot of money or picks uh, to upgrade that position. So I, I think he's a guy that, you know, late round two, early round three next year, you know, the FFPC owners will be deciding on him. So if, if that's where Akers goes, and like you said, not a lot of money, not a lot of draft picks to upgrade the position. If he's going in the late second, if he's going in the early third, 
how likely is he to be on Matt Berman owned teams next year? Yeah, this year he was it was an easy cross off. I think um, I mean there, there's still some stuff with the Rams you have to see with Stafford and McVeigh and if they can get a no younger, you know, some O lineman, but the player, just the player, uh it legitimately deserves to go in that area, I think, for the first time. Um, we're not we don't know what, what the New York Jets are gonna do mm-hmm. at the quarterback position uh next year. I want to ask you specifically about, because I think they have a lot of young, talented receivers there. And one of them obviously came through for fantasy owners this year, and that was Garrett Wilson. So with Elijah Moore, with Denzel Mims, with Corey Davis, are those guys just, you know, late round picks next year, lottery tickets? Going into this year, I, uh, one of my big mistakes was probably crossing off Wilson too frequently because of how much I liked Elijah Moore. And I didn't think, at least this year with their quarterback situation, that they could support, you know, two impact receivers that were fantasy relevant. So I, it, Wilson was so cheap that he, it shouldn't have mattered, especially right. by the end. I mean, he was going rounds 12, 13, that you just can't find it. You know, I was taking Julio over him, which, which is stupid in retrospect, but, um, and, and part of that was how much I like Elijah Moore, but, I think Wilson's the best rookie receiver. Um, if they get a car or a Garoppolo, I just think the way they want to play, uh, the defense is young and getting better. I think, you know, the, the, they'll have Hall back probably late September. I don't know if they want to be a heavy throw team. Um, so it's going to be tough for, for, you know, that second guy to be more of a, you know, in best ball, I think more, value with an Elijah more than I think in a week to week league where it's going to be hard to predict when you're getting production. But I mean, how much value about Elijah more? Cause we'll have best ball stuff launching in a couple of weeks here. With I mean, he's a guy that I think is, is the, the rookie year talent um, was real. You never know. I mean, I know he'd had, he had some weird tweets this year and you don't know if there was off the field stuff. Um, but the player I saw was would watch as a rookie you know, had that Deontay Johnson impact feel to him at some point in the first couple of years of his career. Interesting. Interesting stuff there with uh, with the uh, with the Jets. Um, you know, you mentioned Elijah uh, Elijah Moore's rookie year. You said Garrett Wilson was the best rookie receiver this year, and I, I happen to agree with you on yeah, that. Yeah, just, just in, you know, eye test. Not, I know the stats, and or the, but eye test, um, he just he, – he, he, I remember watching – Justin Jefferson that first game and you know that he steady played well his rookie year and you could just see there was a way that he moved and played and I thought Wilson had that similar juice to how he played. I I'm I'm curious as to not only your philosophy on drafting rookies in 2022 Matt what's your philosophy on drafting rookies be they running backs or receivers hard, I think what I like about FFPC is every draft is so different. Um and you could be in one league and, you know, London, um, you know, could go fourth round. Another one, he can go eighth. So uh, I think you have to recognize how hard it is for any rookie outside of a complete outlier to be a surefire week-to-week starter. But I think you also have to factor in that it's a position where there's receivers, uh, you know, the good ones – emerge pretty quickly um and uh and if 
everything else is right, especially the quarterback. Um, it, there's just so much more value than a middling, you know, prospect. Uh, running backs, it's harder. Like I took a lot of Pacheco early, and then he started going up around sixth, seventh round, and then he dropped back ninth, tenth. Uh, so you know, they're they're wild cards, but he's a guy looking forward, you know, next year that that I think could be. Um, an impact guy, but I think every year is different with rookies, how the draft's falling, what your team's looking like. If you hit your first four or five, you know, round targets and you're pretty comfortable, I think you can be a little more aggressive. Um, you know, if, if you have to reach or get some guys that you don't love, I think you have to play a little safer in the middle rounds. So I just, you know, that's what I like about the drafts. I think is there's a, there's a team building, you know, art, not a science to it that, um, you know, and, and how you factor the rookies in. What about uh, how did you handle a guy like Brees Hall this year? I didn't. I thought he was going too high. I actually, I'll admit, I did not think he'd be as good as he was, especially catching the ball. I thought Carter was going to just be more of a factor. Um, but there were some leagues where he started to fall into that early fourth, and uh, you know, I was taking Zeke uh, over him, and 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 that clearly uh, was a mistake. I mean, the injury sucks, but but. You know, you could see right away that just the talent and the pass catching and the feature back was all there. These injuries are big. I mean, him, Williams, some of them are going to come back and be good right away, but it's uh, it's risky in you know a twelve week regular season to to have them as an anchor guy. What? So so are you probably? I, I don't. Again, Matt, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Right. But a guy like Javante Williams, Brees Hall, this coming year. Are you more, as it stands right now, you more or less likely to have those guys in your team considering the injuries are coming off of? Javante is my favorite running back. <laughs> I, I wanted him in every league. I think I only got him in one, which ended up being a, a blessing, even though uh, I think he was about to take off there. Um, so it, there's a long way to go. I mean, you'll, you'll start to see reports in July, August, but – Man, it's tough for for those guys in the first year back, especially if that injury happens, you know, in season. Which which it sounds like both Williams and Hall. Not only was it a, a, a training camp injury, it was in season, and it was you know a little more complex than just the just the ACL. So it's they're going to be high risk guys, but they also are the type of talents that you know if you get them in the third, fourth, fifth round, and they're healthy by week six, it's a, you can't you know you can't compare it to anything else there. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
I, I have another, uh, well, one of my other shows I have on the Better Sports Network, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, and they asked a lot of us um, uh, who have shows on there to make a prediction for 2023. Didn't necessarily, necessarily have to be a bold one, Matt, right. but I went bold with mine. I went bold and very specific, so I'm probably going to be wrong. But I said this. I thought that Jacksonville next year would go to Buffalo for the AFC Championship. I think Josh Allen wins the MVP next year. But I think Jacksonville upsets Buffalo in the AFC wow. Championship, gets to the Super Bowl. And I think Trevor Lawrence takes some MVP votes away from, from uh, Josh Allen. I think Travis Etienne is going to be a top three full PPR running back in 2023. Um, I, I look at the addition of Calvin Ridley to this offense, which nobody's talking about. The possibility of signing Evan Engram, the fact that they're still going to have Christian Kirk and the Joneses brothers that are not brothers – Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, if they all come back there, I think this this team has the makings of of quite frankly a potential offense that's that's ready to explode. How likely do you think that is next year that we might be undervaluing Jaguars like Lawrence? So I'm a I'm an Eagles fan. Um, mm-hmm. Born Philly, lived Philly my whole life. Love the Eagles. So I grateful for Doug Peterson. Thought uh, you know he. Brought us a Super Bowl. Never thought he was a great coach. Um, so I love Lawrence. I think you look at their team. They didn't have many injuries this year. I don't know why. Mm. Any of their skill positions. And their division was really easy. Their division looks like it's going to be pretty easy next year. But they have to build out that depth because, you know, Ingram has never played a full season. Marvin Jones is going to be real old next year. I thought Kirk was better than I thought this year. Um, I don't know on Ridley. I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. There's not a great track record for guys that have been out of football. You saw it with Michael Thomas and Gordon when he tried to come back. Two years is a long time. So Watson this year, you know, it's it's a game. So if they're getting the the Calvin Ridley that was on Atlanta, I think that's the piece they need. But when you start to question what they're going to get from him, you know the receiver draft. While okay, it's 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 not as uh, as top heavy as some of the past years. So I do think they need one more big piece and mm. uh, and the same health luck to uh, to hit on your prediction. But Lawrence is good enough that they can do it. But um, what I'll probably put it the other way on a lot of the Jags next year. Could that piece be a running back? Doesn't necessarily have to be a receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it could. I mean, the running back draft is terrific, and I think you could see them kind of going big running back and and playing more that way, um, you know, than just you know, four wide type offense. I mentioned it uh, a couple of minutes ago. FFPC, I mean, the last three or four years, whatever it's been, we've launched um, the, the next season best balls while mm-hmm. the NFL playoffs are still going on. I, I, I can't officially say we're doing that this year, but I, I don't anticipate that we would not be doing yeah. that this year. So I would imagine people are going to be drafting here, Matt, in, in a few weeks for 2023. Those people are going to be looking for players who are going to outperform their draft yeah. status. Has there been anybody this year, as you've watched the season unfold, that you think you look at that guy and say, man, you know, 2022, it's still too early. 2023, this dude is going to be all that. Uh, who are the, some of the guys that you think make a big leap in, in 2023? Um, so, I, as I said, I love fantasy football. I think also by this time, 
uh, like that the concept of drafting in a couple of weeks blows my mind because <laughs> I'm, I'm mentally, you know, I love the playoffs and I think I like the playoffs more. It's just a pure fan watching the games. Sure. So uh, my, I usually don't even start, you know, I am towards next year until a little bit around the draft and then, and then, you know, summer, um, you know, just think really digging in, but I think the tight end position is going to be pretty interesting. Um, I think you have some young guys, Dolchich and Woods and and McBride, um, and 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 Schultz is a free agent in Dallas, so they got some young guys behind there. And then you got a couple high draft picks projected a, a tight end this year. So I think how tight end shakes out um, is uh, is is really going to be maybe the biggest variance between you know before not knowing what happens in free agency at receive running back. There's so many free agent running backs. It's so hard to kind of know uh, who's going to be in what situation. But I think tight end has some young talent that one or two of those guys can can get into that uh, top six, seven. All right. So believing that, how would you handle tight ends drafting next year? Are you a guy who's going to be like, oh, I got to get like a, you know, Kelsey I or love somebody? Pitts, but until I think I'm officially would probably be quitting that until their quarterback situation is both one resolved and two, you know, it does look like they want to be a run first run heavy right. team and London's the real deal. So um, I think Kelsey is, is still the best, uh, but it's, it gets riskier. I think one of my big FFP mistakes one year is I took Gronk just as he was tailing off in new England. So it's hard to figure out when that drops coming. Um, so he gets riskier every year, but, He's obviously still great. Then you have Pitts. Kittle was was all over the map. I love Goddard, but they, you know Philly has two great receivers. So again, it sort of limits what his upside is outside of an injury. Um, I would probably, you know, I love locking in a um, a tight end in this league. It just there's a safety in the roster. I feel like I waste a lot of fab when I don't have a tight end. But a lot of my best teams have been finding. Those tight ends, um, you know, this year I grabbed Jawan off waivers, and he was as good, you know, week to week, especially with what he could do with big weeks and win games, as anyone you were getting outside of the big names. So I think next year when you add in the uncertainty, the upcoming rookie class, um, that uh, that I'll, uh, it's a year I'll probably wait and, uh, and try to find somebody around 12, 13. And, and, I mean, that could pay off easily for yeah. you. Uh, you know, so this year with Joku, who I didn't get enough that I liked, and then, Dolchich, who was inconsistent but had a nice little streak on waivers. Woods had a couple games. McBride down the stretch had a few games. And yeah. you were able to patch it, I think, again this year. Um, and, and I think that's uh, that's where my head is going next year. You know, um, I, you mentioned the NFL playoffs. I think we're, I, I think more than any other sport, um, this country gets ready for the NFL playoffs because there's – and, you know – not to talk about other sports here for a second, but I will. You know, there's baseball games and there's basketball games that that are obviously very important. But I feel like the NFL playoffs, like it's something like we remember what happened in the divisional playoffs mm -hmm. in, in 2017. We remember what happened in the AFC championship in 2012. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. It It looms larger. We remember it better. We as a country really – get together no matter who our fandom is um, we get together and we watch these games very very closely 
your thoughts on which players you think are going to stand out in the 2023 NFL playoffs. And if I can get a, a Super Bowl prediction, how badly are the Eagles going to beat the AFC? <laughs> the Eagles have some health issues that, uh, that are real. Um, and, and it's as optimistic as I've ever been about an Eagles team, but the next two weeks are a big deal. And with Hertz and Gardner Johnson, obviously they got to get the buy, but it looks likely with uh, with the Giants City people. But Lane and, and, and Gardner Johnson and, and Sweat, they have a lot of injury stuff to figure out. But healthy, um, San Fran's good. Minnesota is dangerous. I think Dallas is, is good, but I do think this is a, the most balanced Eagles team. And if healthy, they will they'll get to the playoff or get to the playoffs. They will be in the Super Bowl from the NFC. Um, tacking onto your player question, I, I'm blown away by how well Devontae Smith has been. Mm. Uh, the last month and I still think as good as the numbers have been he's flying under the radar a little bit and you know he could have I think he's a way better player than Gabriel Davis but kind of that that trademark big playoff game um that that solidifies him as a as a you know how he's viewed in the league uh, I, I did not think he was going to be as good as he was this year um I was taking him I took him in on my real good team in the sixth round I think got him in like the eighth round and but he was there in the seventh round in every league, and I would do what I want him. But he is the real deal. Um, normally, for the last question, I always ask our guests, "Who do you want to get in your lineups this week? Who's a who's a sit this week?" That that's going to be an unpopular choice, right? Uh, a guy that um, people drafted early that believe in that you think your group that is going to have a bad week. Um, player that will be on the bench in a lot of FFPC leagues that you think is going to be great. We don't have that in Week 18. I don't believe you play the playoff challenge. Do you, Matt? No. Okay. All right. So if you did play the FFPC playoff challenge, where you can only pick one player per team, and uh, you you let them ride throughout the playoffs, right? You, you can't switch them out. This comes down to, I think, that the number one question is um, how you see the bracket playing out and who meets in the Super Bowl, since you'll get double points for anybody playing in the Super Bowl. Um, who's a player that you really like? in a competition like that? And who's a player you don't want to have anything to do with that you think a lot of people are foolishly going to put on their playoff challenge teams? Man, I, I, I've been so locked in for 17 weeks. and You're uh, ready for a break. You are ready I, I, for a this, break. This is my free playoff bye week. I couldn't even tell you much about the schedule. Uh, I think it – but it, it sounds was, like you uh, like Devontae Smith, right? This, Smith is, I, you know, I don't know how many uh, points the Eagles are going to need if they're going to keep passing. And, and that's the other thing about this week. You know, I think you'll see some, uh, um, especially with what's going on in the AFC with the new ruling, you know, who, who wants to press forward? Um, the San Diego receivers, I thought, have been playing really well lately. Uh, and I could see a big week by one of them, but you know, just the way that line moved, it looks like they think they might be pulling people. So it's very hard week to. Uh, to I, I respect the uh, the diehards that want to uh, <laughs> to play this week, but uh, yeah, play like I'm rooting for the Eagles by this is my uh, my uh, fantasy by week. Um, well, listen, I I, I want to congratulate you. I know I know the season didn't end up with you, you know, pocketing a seven figure grand prize. But I want to congratulate you on a very successful season, a season that um, the majority of fantasy owners would would never be able to do 
and and you accomplished a lot uh, this year. And that's just in your FFPC leagues. I don't know how you did in all your local better leagues. Than, I did better than FFPC. <laughs> no, <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> uh, well, then double congratulations uh, to you on that. You're a good sport. I really, anytime I get a chance to talk ball with you, I, I like it. I like picking your brain, not only for, you know, to, to share with our listeners sort of what you felt like you did right and did wrong in 2022, but applying some of those things uh, Zay, to 2023. Jones mistake, I'll, uh, I'll be sitting with me till next September. I don't think I'll draft him out of, uh, out of, out of spite. <laughs> the, the Zay Jones non-spite pick. I love it. Um, and, and it could work out for you as well. But your tight end insight was very, very good as well. And, and I know a lot of people will, will take that to heart. Uh, I wish you a healthy, restful offseason. The Eagles have a great offseason. And, and exactly, yeah. Hopefully, if my Packers can't get in the Super Bowl, <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to get to the playoffs. But uh, I hope your Eagles uh, get it done. Oh, it is, yeah, uh, it's been a fun, fun team to root for. And uh, it will be a fun team to root for again. Looking forward uh, to uh, the next playoffs. season. Hopefully, it ends a little better. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Matt, Stop thank you so much. Said. You enjoy yeah. your night. Thank you. Thanks. Matt Berman, ladies and gentlemen, uh, the seventh-place team owner heading into the FFPC main event, uh, Week 17. Good to talk with him. I believe he finished uh, in the top 40 uh, in the FFPC main event this year. A very successful player who I have no doubt will have another great year in 2023, as will we. Uh, I want to thank Matt Berman for uh, jumping aboard tonight. I want to thank the FFPC uh, for making this podcast possible along with the uh, with rotaviz.com as well. A uh, couple of programming notes. Um, again, in case you missed it, I, I can't remember if I brought this up on the show, uh, but Liam Murphy um, was on the um, High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network earlier on Thursday night, which is our new time slot, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, he jumped the board along with Alex Kaganowski if you wanted to check out uh, the, the process of the announcement that we had made about the Monday night football game. Uh, Alex uh, went into great detail about a 30-minute conversation we had about why the FFPC landed on the decision the way they did. Um, that is all on there. You can check that out at bettersports.com uh, uh, or betternetwork.com. Uh, you can watch uh, the replay of that. Um, as far as the show goes tomorrow, on um, the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here on youtube.com slash FFPC Fantasy, myself and Farrell Elliott will not only be joined by Alex Kaganowski. So if you missed uh, tonight's conversation with Alex, you can catch him tomorrow uh, at 10, nine central on the HSFF hour. And we will also have 2022 FFPC pros versus Joe's champion. You know, him on Twitter at overhype sleeper. He is one part of the goat district. It is Dan Williamson. He will be our guest tomorrow. Going to be getting a lot of stuff in from him, not only for 2022, but 2023 as well. Uh, next Tuesday, we will go live here with uh, Rob Linkowski who finished eighth. I believe he had two top 10 teams. I got to double check this. I believe he had two top 10 teams in the FFPC main event. We're going to pick his brain on Tuesday night, 10, nine central, as well as get you set for that FFPC playoff challenge. That's my final note to you here tonight. If you have not registered for the FFPC weekly challenge, a 10 team format, uh, beg your pardon, a 10 player format or a 12 player format awaits you. Whether you want to play with kickers and defenses or without kickers and defenses, uh, you can play for $200, $100, uh, $200 or $35, whatever entry fee you want to get in. And you can play in a 100-team format, a 30-team format, or the 10-team format, where if you beat the other nine people in that format, you 
will end up getting a free entry into the 2023 FFPC main event where you can compete for a $1 million grand prize. All you got to do is beat nine people this week in the weekly challenge. If you want to get set for the FFPC playoff challenge, the world famous FFPC playoff challenge is live. Myffpc.com is, uh, is it's going on now. You can register for that there. $500,000 grand prize, $200 entry fee, a $100,000 grand prize, and $35 entry fee in the Football Guys Playoff Challenge. That is going on there as well. That's all at myffpc.com. Again, you play one team, um, you play uh, one player per NFL team, and uh, just let it go throughout the whole uh, NFL playoffs. You don't have to monkey around with different, um, you know, um, uh, you know, changing your team from week to week or anything like that. It's a total Ron Pompeil set it and forget it lineup. That's at myffpc.com there as well. Uh, so register for that, and we will see you tomorrow. Myself, Farrell Elliott, and Dan Williamson on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Thanks so much for watching, everybody. Be good, and uh, we will see you tomorrow night here on youtube.com slash ffpcfantasy. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast.